Hey there, welcome to Tell Me More. I'm your host, Megan Spargo. Tell Me More is your place to find inspiration to access your inner wisdom, power to help you live an authentic life on purpose. We're going to cover concepts on personal development, mindfulness, woo, and so much more. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mindy, welcome to Tell Me More. I'm so glad you're here today. So for those of you listening, Mindy is a mom of seven who's been home educated, home educating for 15 years. And most recently, she's become a certified GAPS coach, which will be kind of the main topic of today's podcast. So thanks for coming on on the show, Mindy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Before we get into your story, um, can you tell us about, um, tell us what GAPS stands for and what it is? Sure. Yeah, GAPS is just an acronym for Gut and Psychology Syndrome or Gut and Physiology Syndrome. And it is a nutritional protocol that was begun by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. And she is a board certified neurologist and also has um, a degree in nutrition. And she developed this nutritional protocol because she saw a connection with um, her in her clinic, she would have people come in with all kinds of neurological issues, and they also, 100% of them had digestive issues. And she also has a child that um, is now grown, of course, but he had his own learning disabilities that she was able to heal through nutrition. Wow, that's amazing. So you mentioned that it's both or and or um, gut and psychology or gut and physiology. And I heard that, you know, the doctor who founded this or started it was a neurolo- neurological um, doctor. What is the psychological apo- um, component? Because I think we can all understand that, you know, what you eat's going to affect your physiology, but what's the, the psychological component that we're, that she's talking about there? Sure. Well, I think, Recently, there's been a lot of research coming out about the the gut being your second brain. And so that's kind of the idea is when you eat food, um, you have microorganisms in your gut. And we're learning more and more now that a lot of those are very beneficial to us. And as we digest food, there are chemicals and a chemical process that is happening. And when you have what's called a leaky gut, you literally, your, your gut is a sieve. And some of these toxins or just food particles can get into your circulation. And sometimes that can affect your your overall brain health, just depending on the chemical or the toxin. And so that's the psychology aspect of the GAPS syndrome. And then, of course, the physiology relates to things like food allergies, autoimmune illnesses, um, other digestive problems, chronic fatigue, all kinds of physiological issues. With the psychological issues, um, would some of those symptoms be something like brain fog? Does it affect your cognitive ability? And then I didn't know if there was any correlation to, you know, maybe some symptoms of ADHD or anything like that. Absolutely. Yeah. All of those things, all of, all of the above. Um, yeah. Autism, learning disabilities, you know, kids that have problems reading, dyslexia, dyspraxia, uh, seizures, you know, all, all kinds of cognitive um, disorders can be related to nutrition. 
That's a lot. That's a it lot is. to hear. <laughs> it is a lot. And it's, it's so fascinating because, um, and I think it gives us hope to know that it's not just this rolling of the dice. Um, it, we really can have some power with our health by just taking control over what we eat. Yeah, I, I like that. It is kind of an empowering statement and um, speaking to how we as individuals have some agency to, you know, even if it's just lessening those symptoms of, you know, that brain fog, any of those cognitive issues that people might be facing, uh, especially as a parent, you know, I, I do have a daughter that struggles in certain things. And I, I feel like she is kind of just predisposed or has some like ADHD qualities. And just naturally, you know, I, I kind of go like, where, where can I have some control there? And so, you know, limiting the processed foods and making sure like her breakfasts are kind of hearty. And <laughs> several years ago, my husband, he's a teacher. And in the summer, he watched a whole bunch of food documentaries. And so um, one of the things that really stuck with us was we don't eat cereal anymore. We don't have, I mean, we'll bring, um, I'll have oatmeal, but we don't have cereal and milk. So there's a lot of things that we tried to adopt that didn't stay, but that's one of them. So it's bacon, eggs and Sure. Yeah. If you think about the way we ate two or three generations ago, we ate mostly whole foods or we um, ate very close to home, very locally. And just the development of food and our food systems the last couple of generations has really changed a lot. The additives that are in our foods are very different. And it's very closely related to this increase of all these modern types of diseases that we didn't see two generations ago. You know, when I was a kid and I remember being in school, I didn't know anybody that had a food allergy. And now it seems so common and I think it's almost being normalized. Yeah. No, I think you might you're right on that one. Okay. I do I want to get more into like what this is because I do find it fascinating. But I want to start to the beginning I start at the beginning of your journey and kind of what led you down this path to you know, get involved with GAPS and become a certified coach. So yeah, well, let's just start at, start at the beginning. Yeah, well, it's, it is quite a story. Um, and I love to tell it. I feel honored to tell it because it's all about my daughter. So Olivia is 13. And when I was pregnant with her, you know, we did the normal thing. Um, she's our fifth child. So I had a couple of kids at home. They were all normal kids. You know, we didn't have any allergies. We didn't have any health issues, just normal. I don't have allergies, pretty healthy, you know, eating pretty normal, kind of healthy. And so when I was pregnant with her, we go in for our 20, I think it was 22 weeks pregnant and, um, had the scan done and they said, Oh, you know, it, it looks like she might have a little bit of a kidney, thing going on. So let's follow up with another scan. So we, uh, another ultrasound. And so a couple weeks later we did that and we repeated that just to make sure things weren't getting worse. And what they were seeing was they called it a ureteral seal of um, close to her kidney, which meant that the urine was backing up, wasn't getting to her bladder. And even in utero, you know, those things are still happening as the baby's developing. So they said, well, let's just keep an eye on that. It's fairly, it's not totally uncommon. They see it from time to time. So we did. And I think it was about 36 weeks in my pregnancy that we went back for an ultrasound and we had done this in Fort Collins. And, and I remember the technologist said, oh, 
I don't see the corpus callosum. And at that point, I didn't really even know much about brain anatomy, but um, we learned that that meant that the middle part of her brain was not there. And so we knew it was going to be a high-risk delivery. And so we had her delivered in a high-risk hospital and we had her induced. And we really didn't know what to expect at that point. They said there's a possibility of a syndrome, but we won't really know until after she's born. So after she was born, she really was pretty okay. We didn't really, she looked normal. She was very, very small. She was five pounds. And so we did have her in the NICU for a few days and they had her on some oxygen, mostly just precautionary. Um, And she nursed, like she was doing pretty okay. And so we thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe things are okay. We, we did MRI and we, we did some of these other things, and it did confirm that her corpus callosum was missing. Her cerebellum was small. She had some hemivertebrae in her spine, and um, she still had this ureteral seal by her kidney. She also had a medium-sized hole in her heart. And so we had all these specialists that we were going to be following up with. We didn't know as she grew what issues she was going to have. And so here we are, <laughs> you know, in the hospital, they're discharging us and with this brand new tiny little baby. And we thought, well, we don't know what we're in for. Have no idea. We didn't know. Maybe she'll just grow and develop and be fine. And these things will just kind of resolve on their own. Well, I'll just, you know, give you the short version. <laughs> she's 13 now and she she's 100 percent dependent on me for all of her care. She doesn't she's nonverbal. She doesn't use her hands, really. She doesn't know what to do with them. She doesn't really make eye contact. She is in a wheelchair, and um, I do, you know, I dress her, I change her. She's still in a diaper, so she's 100% dependent. But as far as, like, her overall health today, she's non-medicated. But she did have a few years where things were just, they felt like they were spiraling, And so that's what led us to gaps. So when she was 16 months old, she started to develop seizures. And at first it was just a couple here and there. And so we were referred to a neurologist and we were, we put her on seizure meds. She had two different that she was taking twice a day, every 12 hours, she needed two different doses of seizure meds. For the most part, this controlled them. She also at that time, because of this ureteral seal by her kidney, she was having chronic bladder infections, and that required her to have two two surgeries that mostly corrected the the bladder infections. But after these surgeries, she um, started to develop really bad eczema, and I noticed there was a correlation with dairy. And so I said, oh, you know, let's take dairy out, and sure enough, the eczema got better. But my mama's heart, I thought, you know, dairy is such a basic food. It's so natural. Um, and so I researched a lot about dairy. And, you know, there's all different kinds of groups of people that have opinions about dairy. So we, we kind of explored all of that. But then we came across gaps. And we we put her on this nutritional p- protocol the best that we knew how. Nine, and we were really strict. And thankfully, you know, she is very dependent on me. So I could prepare all of her food and she didn't throw a tantrum. You know, she just, 
he eats it. And um, so we, what we did is we pulled out grains, we pulled out starches, we pulled out sugar and um, had just some, you know, it was high fat, high animal protein, those types of foods. And we did that really strictly for nine months. And then we reintroduced dairy into her diet and she's never reacted to eczema since. So what the protocol does is it, it heals and seals the gut lining. And when, you know, the word gut means your small and large intestine. So when you have repeated or long courses of antibiotics or inflammatory foods, these things strip the gut lining and also kill good and bad bacteria that are residing there. And so when you heal and seal the gut lining, then you can reintroduce foods back into your diet. And um, different people have different symptoms, but her symptoms were eczema. And um, what I believe were um, some of the contributing factors to her seizures. And so we, we kept her on this diet, not super strictly, honestly, over the last few years. And um, she, she did pretty okay. For the most part, we five years ago, we did take her off of her seizure meds, her neurologist, you know, I I had a good talk with him and he was very supportive of my decision. But, you know, her seizure activity was very rare. And he said, if she can go two years without a seizure, then we'll start tapering her off of her meds. And so that's what we did. And um, about a year or so later, she did have another seizure and it was febrile. So she was, you know, had a, a fever. And um, then I called him and he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't want to put her back on meds. He said, okay, but we know what kind of triggers. So let's, you know, take care of the triggers. And that's what we've done ever since. And so she has not had a seizure. And, well, it'll be two years in April. Um, but the last episode she had was febrile. And it, it did resolve on its own. She has a history of the types of seizures that you need emergency medication to make them stop. But her last few have been where they've resolved on their own. So I really, I, I, I definitely wholeheartedly believe that her nutrition has been a key factor in her not being able to, or not needing to be on medication. Yeah, that's amazing. I like I think one thing that's really important that you're talking about is like you really worked hand in hand with her healthcare provider in, in letting him know kind of what you were doing, what was important to you. You had the goal of kind of taking her off the medication and that you followed, you know, their direction. And I love that he was supportive in what you were doing. I feel like that's kind of a new trend from what I'm hearing in healthcare is, is really having, you know, a, a really like collaborative relationship towards health. So that's a really, um, I just love hearing that. One thing I'm curious about is, you know, you, you kind of mentioned what your daughter's symptoms were. Is the GAPS protocol, do you adjust it depending on like what condition that somebody's working with? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's very bio individual. So there is a framework in the protocol that we as coaches you know, we listen to people and we listen to their particular symptoms. And we also take into account their lifestyle, their cooking abilities. Uh, you know, more some people have more time than others 
to prepare foods. But the, the nutritional protocol itself, yeah, there is a framework and we do have certain, we have six stages that we try to take people through. It's, it's basically like an elimination type diet and, um, you know, mostly carnivore. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of animal-based foods because the animal foods are the healing foods. We help rebuild um, muscle and bone. And um, that's what we're doing with the gut lining. We're trying to rebuild it. And so, yeah, you follow that framework, but we do, we can definitely tailor it to people, you know, people have allergies. And so we, if someone has a milk allergy or a milk sensitivity, we do have a dairy introduction protocol that we also can take them through so that they, they can heal from that and then um, eventually have dairy again. Yeah, I think that's another thing that um, I, I guess I was a little bit kind of surprised by because it sounds like you do, you follow this GAPS protocol with kind of with the intention at some point kind of coming off it. Do you see where, you know, once you kind of go on the protocol where people make a lot of like lasting lifestyle changes because of um, being on the protocol? Oh, absolutely. So, and you know, again, it's very via individual. So for my daughter, she will always be on the GAPS protocol. It will just be a way of life for her. And many people find that once they have been on it, it is something that you want to stay on. You feel so good. You feel um, empowered. You know, you might have a holiday or you might have a birthday from time to time where you, you know, you have some of these extra typical American foods. But it's not, you know, you like I say, you just feel so good on it that you, and you get you get an awareness of your body. And you understand that your body just does better when you're eating these foods. And the symptoms, you know, if you go back to the old way, your old habits, the symptoms might return. And we do see that with people. And so when, you know, it also gives you tools so that when you aren't feeling well, oh, I know I can do this. And the the food really is the medicine and it really is the tools to help your body feel better. So since you, um, you know, putting your daughter on it, have you really integrated it into your family's diet? Has it, has it been kind of a, a lifestyle change yeah. in your household? Yeah, it, it definitely has. And, you know, there's, there's kind of a lot of us in our family. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> you know, I, I have teenagers and, um, and, you know, we just have a busy life. My husband has, you know, a, a busy job and um, it's easy for me because I'm home that I can kind of prepare food and, and I have more freedom that way. I understand some people work, so it, it's not, not as simple, but you know, we've, we've done a lot of changes. I've gone through our pantry and taken out certain ingredients, especially things like uh, soy and high fructose corn syrups and a lot of your very, very highly processed foods. Like I just don't buy those things anymore. But like I said, I have teenagers. And so on occasion, they, they come home and they, you know, they go out with their friends and they, you know, it's it's a lot of that is really healthy, too, just to have good relationships with people. But for yeah. the most part, you know, I I personally, 99 percent of my life is is gaps. And um, we do the best that we can with our schedule and with our life. Um, it does it does require some some forethought, some, you pack your food when you go places, 
you know, we, we don't necessarily eat at concession stands and things like that. So it is different. That is true. I mean, I live in a super, very, very small town. And so that alone just requires some forethought, you know, the grocery store is going to close at, you know, seven or five or (laughs) something, you know, pretty early, but, you know, I'm not following a gaps protocol necessarily, but I do try to make it a point to um, eat whole foods, you know, especially at mealtime. And that said, uh, in my pantry is a massive thing of ramen noodles because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> when my kids get home, they're hungry, they're going to eat that. But I think it is just part of, you know, helping them with that relationship with their food. And so, you know, I'd say 70, we get about a 70%, which <laughs> I will, I'll take um, with the busy lifestyle and, you know, also, I hate to say it, but man, I love a good gas station pizza <laughs> every once in a while when I'm on the road. But I'll also pack hard-boiled eggs and, <laughs> you know, a lot of our own fruits and vegetables to keep it whole. But man, I spend so much time in the kitchen. So I like how you talked about, you know, taking into consideration people's cooking abilities and how much time they have. I think that's important yeah. to think about. Yeah. And as coaches, we also are able to help people um, do batch cooking and, you know, putting, putting some meals away or, you know, some aspects of it is simpler. So if you're buying your meat locally or you're buying a half a cow or a quarter of a cow, you're also getting some of, you know, you can get, because we nose to tail, we believe that all parts of the animal have nutritional benefits to them. And so that includes organs and, you know, modern uh, diets. We normally think of organ meats as those throwaway things or give them to your pets. But we learn more and more that these organ meats are so beneficial and they're so cheap. And so learning how to prepare some of those Foods that may not be as popular, we're finding that um, they're so beneficial. One of our favorites is like chicken gizzards. And chicken gizzards um, are so packed with nutrition and they're so simple to make and they're great snack foods. But it's just kind of normalizing some of those other foods that um, we don't norm, you know, typically think of. I know. I listened to like one podcast and they asked, like, what's a healthy food that you hate, but you'll eat it because it's healthy and it's always liver. (laughs) So now I'm like researching, you know, liver tablets. Yeah. That is another thing that we, we do, we call them liver pills. And so it's literally raw liver. And of course you want to freeze it for two weeks to kill off any of the bad pathogens. And then what we do is we take it out of the freezer. You let it thaw for just a few minutes. So it's still semi frozen and you're going to cut it into little tablet sized bites and then you refreeze it. And then every day you just pull out a couple of little bites and we call them liver pills because it's just your daily dose of vitamins. But yeah, liver literally is the most nutritional piece of meat that you can have. So <laughs> I'm probably going to do that. <laughs> and the okay. That way is you don't actually taste it because you take the piece of frozen liver put it in the back of your throat and just swallow. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. 
my dog is very, very overweight. And I know she has a lot of inflammation and food allergies. And so I actually prepare like bone broth for her and she gets chicken liver or uh, she goes, she gets gizzards. That's <laughs> one <great>. of her suffers <laughs> so that she can heal her gut system. She probably eats better than some of my kids. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they'll eat anything, right? <laughs> they will. Yep. Yeah, she, that's never been any, she's never really discriminated against any food. So <laughs> she's happy with that. <laughs> So no, circling back, you kind of talked about like batch cooking. Um, as a coach, can you tell me what are some of the services you provide if someone were to work with you? Sure. Yeah. Well, we first, of course, like to get an assessment. And I usually like to spend um, a good chunk of time, an hour, 90 minutes visiting with the person just to hear some of their background, their lifestyle, their current eating habits, and their own personal goals. Because um, you know, I might have my idea of what direction to go, but I think it's valuable to listen to the person and kind of know what goals do they have. And gaps, a lot of people will have goals like, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to, overall, I just want to feel better or, you know, and gaps does, you know, do those things, but it's not necessarily like a weight loss nutritional plan. It's, it's a healing plan. And, um, so, yeah, I like to just spend time getting to know the person and listening to them and setting goals. But some of the services that we do offer is, like I said, we we can teach people to batch cook. And um, because a lot of the GAPS foods, especially that the foundational foods is going to be a meat stock, which is it's a 80 percent meat, 20 percent bones. So we, we hear a lot about bone broth, but this is more of a meat lots and lots of meat, the fat, the skin, the collagen, the connective tissues, you know, all of that goes into a pot and you cook that with some water and some salt and pepper. And that's kind of the basis of it. So we teach people how to make the healing soups, but we also um, introduce probiotic foods like your fermented sauerkraut or your fermented, um, you know, all kinds that we well, can ferment anything, gingered carrots. We do a beet kvass. And so mm, our team, I love beet kvass. Oh, I do too. I know it's it's a new thing for me since doing gaps, but I love it. My 15 year old son loves it too. <laughs> it's salty. It, it hits. The, I think I like that earthy flavor. I do too. too. It's delicious, <laughs> and it's so great for liver for your liver health. Um, but yeah, beet kvass and sauerkraut are the main ferments that we encourage people to make, and so we teach them how to do that. We also do cultured raw dairy. And so we help people to source products. Um, you know, sourcing local raw dairy is super important. And then we don't consume it just raw. We culture it because the culturing process um, will cause the lactose to come out of the milk. The, the beneficial microbes, as you put it through the culturing process, will actually consume the lactose, which is the sugar part of the milk. And it's very, very hard for your body to break down lactose. And you hear about people that are lactose intolerant. And actually, every human being is a little bit lactose intolerant, just biologically. So we, we do a lot of education on what is culturing, how do you do it, why do we do it, um, why do we use raw milk instead of conventional milk. And, um, and so it's in some locations, um, it can be, be a bit of a, a food desert when it comes to these really beneficial foods. So sourcing is a big service that we provide. 
yeah, building connections and helping people build uh, relationships with um, farmers. And um, it's, it's such a, a fun experience for me because um, it's so relational and, you know, it's, you get to know people, you get to know their kids and you get to know some of their um, struggles and then you get to see their victories too. So it's, it's a very personal process. And I think coaching is so necessary because it's, it can feel very isolating um, because, you know, let's face it, it's not a typical American lifestyle. And yet um, if you, if you know the struggle and if you've lived the struggle, uh, especially the way our family has, it is so worth it. And you know, it's hard, but you know, I have spent hours and hours sitting in doctor's offices and I've sat, you know, waiting for prescriptions to get filled and I've gone home and we deal with some of the other issues. And um, so I know that side of it too. So I know how hard it is, but I also know that just these simple lifestyle changes are so worth it. Absolutely. That's really interesting. And I, I, kind of, I think there's a few more things that you offer. I know we had talked a little bit about courses. Before we go in there, I've kind of been interested, interested in what you said, because I love the idea of like anti-inflammatory foods and food is healing. Do you see how the GAPS protocol aligns with like any of the more ancient um, types, you know, how people had done it before? What comes to my mind is like Ayurveda and understanding, you know, people's types and what they're more drawn to eat. You mentioned soups, like I'm like, let's go (laughs) this time of year. I like my vegetables warm. I like them cooked. Um, I mean, I'll take a soup over a salad in July all the time. And I I think that's just kind of what my body type might be. So yeah, do you, have you seen that there's any, any overlap? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, GAPS is international. We have people all over the world that, coaching. We have um, practitioners all over the world. And so, and, you know, even Dr. Natasha herself, she's originally from Russia and she's now practicing in the UK. And I'm, I'm just the first person in Nebraska to be certified as a coach. I think you're the only one right now. I'm looking at the website. Yeah. Yeah, The only one in Nebraska. It's, it's just kind of new to this area. I know there's a couple coaches in Wyoming and Colorado it is really new to this area, but it has been, you know, going for a while. And um, so because of that, because it's international, you know, we do encourage people to eat in season and to eat, like I said, locally, which that's going to um, definitely be a more um, bioavailable um, source of food for your body. When we're not shipping our food halfway across the world, you're going to be eating it when it's ripe and it's naturally going to taste better to you. It's going to feel better when you're eating it. But yeah, there, there is a lot of evidence to say even, you know, eating warm foods, your body um, needs, needs it to be warm for you to absorb the nutrition. And we do encourage people like when, if you're trying to heal and you're really trying to support your body, even cold foods, can be very hard for your body because it has to work so hard to warm up and to digest those things. And so we're really just embracing the the physiological processes that our body just needs and understanding, wow, it's under a lot of stress already. And I don't want to, I don't want to give it any more stress. 
any more stress. Yeah. I really like it when my preferences <laughs> match what <laughs> is good for you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> you know, it's it's tricky because the fact is there's you know, we we teach people to listen to your body, but there's also the the thing with food addictions. And when do you know is this a food addiction or is this my body craving nutrition. And so we, we do a lot of education on that too. And I actually teach a high school class at our homeschool co-op. And, and that's kind of what we're talking about is I, my goal is to just teach, especially high schoolers, honoring your body, understanding that we do have um, signals that our body gives us. But when is that a food addiction? And when is that my body needing nutrition? And it's yeah, it's it's a tricky thing, especially for high school. It is tricky, but what an amazing thing to know. Because um, I do think we have several people who do home education that listen to the podcast that I think they would love to. You know, that's part of that agency of like you know, um, being able to to teach some really valuable things. Just going, just curious, curious here. What are some ways that people can distinguish between um, a food addiction? and understanding like that your body needs it? Yeah, that's a really great question. And like I said, it's tricky. But what we generally like to tell people is when you decide that you're doing the GAPS protocol in the books, there are there are several books, but the two main ones are, it's a yellow one and a blue one. And the, the like I said, the gut and psychology and the gut and physiology books inside, they do have an index. And it's recommended foods, and then it's foods that you should avoid. And those um, those are the foods that we typically will say, you know, stick to those. If it's not on the food list, then your body, you know, the microorganisms in your digestive system, if they're pathogenic, they're going to crave certain things. And um, there, the book even explains the chemical processes that happen when you eat certain foods and why it sends these receptors to our brain that say, Ooh, that, you know, gives you a dopamine response, but it's not actually nutritious. And, um, unfortunately some food companies, they, they really, um, they know what that is. They know how to make that work. And so, you know, especially sugar, um, and I actually have a 30 day, um, sugar, um, challenge that I have, promoted a couple of times through my Facebook page. And um, I, I basically um, support you for 30 days as and just providing some simple daily check ins with um, information about what sugar does to your body, and how you can give your body nourishing foods so that you're not feeling the cravings as much. And um, understanding how your blood you know, the blood sugar can spike and dip and spike and what foods, not just sugar, but there are other foods that will cause your body to experience those dips. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's challenging, but I think the longer you do it, the more you get to understand what foods are really nourishing to you and um, what the symptoms of addictions are. Oh, that's, yeah, I think that would be incredibly valuable to learn and understand. And it sounds a lot of like what happens with the GAPS protocol is that you really just learn more about yourself. 
I think that's whether it's, you know, your psychology or your physiology with your body, I really think there's so much value and there's so much power in, in knowing and knowing yourself and knowing what your body needs. So that's amazing. So you do one-on-one coaching and it sounds like you have some offerings um, as far as like doing some challenges and I might, you know, I'll probably put your Facebook page in the show notes because I do think this is extremely interesting. You teach with your um, homeschool co-op and then have you been, you've been doing some work with a local college. Is that correct? Yeah. So at um, WNCC, they offer lifelong learning courses for the community. And so I've offered um, courses for about the last six months or so. And so every season we put out new um, course offerings. And let's say I've done a class on circadian rhythm and on just learning how to cook some healing soups. I've done a class on a couple of classes on preparing probiotic foods like your yogurt and your kefir and your cultured creams. Let's see. I feel like there's another one there. But yeah, so through the, the college and people can just register through WNCC to do that. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm currently this school year, I'm teaching an elementary and a high school class at our local homeschool co-op. And we, for, we are really fortunate. We have a really large co-op. Um, I think we have about 70 families that are a part of this. So every two weeks we meet and it's like a, a regular school day. The kids are registered and they do their classes all day long and parents are teaching classes or helping somewhere. And it's just a really busy, fun day for everyone. But I've got an elementary and high school class that I'm teaching there. And um, yeah, anywhere I can, I, <laughs> if anybody will let me, I'll teach a class. But I, I do have a couple of conferences in February that I'll be speaking at too. And Yeah, absolutely. I wanted, yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about that really quick um, with your courses at WNCC. Are those, um, are those recorded to where people can tune in? Unfortunately, they're not. I need to do that. Um, <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, it's on my list. I really want to get some stuff. I do have a website that is, it's kind of new. It's a new one, but I would love to have some videos on there too, just for people to, to get some good tips and to um, get a little taste of um, some of the things that we teach in gaps. And um, I don't know, maybe someday YouTube, but we'll see. (laughs) No, that sounds good. Yeah. So tell us, because you are speaking at the like international gaps conference coming up in February, correct? That's correct. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Tell us about that. Sure. So the gaps international conference, we call it OnCon. And it's February 15th through 17th this year. And because GAPS is so big and it is an international, we wanted to just do an online conference so people aren't traveling and having to get hotels and, and all of those types of things. But there, um, Dr. Natasha herself will be speaking. Other GAPS practitioners and coaches will also be speaking. Uh, the theme this year is on kids' health. And so I will be speaking on um, homeschooling and just some Mm -hmm. FAQs about that. And I'm also going to be offering a second session on learning styles and just all my years with home education and teaching in all different kinds of ages. I, I've just, I've read lots of books and it's just one of my 
favorite things to learn about is just how to teach to people and all the different fun learning styles that people have. So that will be my second session there. Well, that sounds amazing. And can people tune into that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So if you, you can register, it's gapsoncon.com. Yeah, there's registration is open. People can um, register for that. And there's three days of great speakers. And I believe that you have access to all of the sessions for six months. So it's a pretty great deal because it's just packed with information. And I know last year I attended online and I went back and rewatched things over and over. It was so great. Very cool. Yeah, we'll go ahead and put those links um, in the show notes so that people can find out where to do that. So we're kind of coming up on their time. Is there anything that we haven't covered on this podcast, Mindy, that you would like to, to share with everybody? Sure. Well, I've got a couple of things. I just found out this last week, too, that um, I'll be speaking at the Nebraska Alliance for Conservation and Environmental Education. That's a mouthful. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that'll be in February, also uh, the 28th and 29th. And I'll be speaking on circadian rhythm and just the health benefits of being outside. And it's kind of the same idea with kids. Um, you know, we're uh, modern day lifestyle, we spend a lot of time inside. And um, it really does impact our health. And so I've had a lot of fun studying a little bit about circadian rhythm, it really does relate very closely to your gut health as well. And hormones and and all of that. So I'm excited to to share at that conference as well. And that'll be at the Ponca State Park. I've never been there. So I'm excited to go. Very cool. Oh, man, I'd love to know way more about that. I just know that the with this time change that we just had, oh, yeah. like, it's, it's kind of kicking my butt. It's, it's a fact. <laughs> a it bit. really is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> about eight o'clock. I'm like, is it? Is it time? Can we go to bed yet? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and yet it's, it's a good thing to honor, you know, winter really is a more restful time for our bodies. And um, we try to just have every single day of our life look the same and very uniform, but our, our lives and our bodies have cycles and just honoring all of those cycles. Um, I think the way God designed them to be and um, just realizing we can't always be a servant to our schedules. We have to. Yeah. Oh, I that is such a, a great thing to hear, you know, with all of the seasons. I mean, yeah, we, we follow those, especially where we live, because we do have all four seasons and they feel much different. Um, yeah, really quick. Do you see how, as you become more in tune with your body through following the gaps protocol, were you able to become more in tune with the earth and just kind of, I guess, mold those two concepts together? Yeah, you know, um, it's it's just really been a, a great, I mean, I'm just thinking the combination of my years as a home educator, I have had so many opportunities to be a part of some uh, some nature groups. And so I've just developed this love for being in the outdoors and getting my kids out hiking and, and, and just, you know, learning about birds and all of these wonderful things, you know, in, in creation. And then as I've learned about gaps, that's another reason why I've embraced it so much is because it's not just nutrition, it's lifestyle, it's everything. It's, 
you know, honoring the earth and just, you know, staying close to nature and all things. And yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, it's all connected and being outside, getting the sunlight is so vital. You know, we talk about that a lot in the gaps nutritional protocols. It's a natural detoxification tool for us and getting outside and getting some sun, it helps your hormonal health. Um, you just cannot deny the power of, of nature with your health. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm afraid my computer is going to die, so I, <laughs> I don't want that. But um, this is a lovely conversation. It was so interesting. Um, I am definitely going to check out your Facebook page and, um, you know, see what I can gather from this because I find all of this information very, very interesting. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much and for having me. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.